Hi, I'm Helleth Kendrick. And I'm Chris Keane. And this is the Recruit for Spouses podcast. Welcome to episode number 10. Now this week we're talking to Heather Sharp all about military wives getting out and about challenging themselves, even during these weird times when they can't really venture too far. I'm talking about the Forces Wives Challenge, which we can hear all about shortly. First though, let's head back a few years and talk about Heather's time in the army. Being in the military is really exciting. There's just so many opportunities to see the world and to do all these great things. And when I left, I'm going to be really honest, and I know this is something you've both talked about in previous podcasts, I really lost that sense of identity. One thing that the military does really, really well and is crucial is generate that feeling of being part of a team, being part of the military family and that sense of belonging. So when I left, I I felt I really lost that sense of identity. And I'll remember going to that first married quarters afterwards and I just drove <laughs> drove down the road and I just was thinking, oh my goodness, what what am I gonna do with my days? I didn't know who I would meet. I didn't know if I'd make any friends. And I'm really embarrassed, but I, I sort of had that preconceived idea of what a military wife would be like. And my goodness, posting after posting, I just met the most incredible group of people who just supported me so much. And going back to the day, what made you join the army? What was the sort of deciding factor for you? Because you talked just now about how great a thing it is. And and actually, until I was married, I didn't realise what amazing opportunities. You did actually just briefly touch on that. So could you tell us what made you join? Yeah, so I'm not really from a military background at all. It was actually at university when on Freshers' Week, they have the University Officer Training Corps. And I joined that. I don't even know why, but I loved it. From the very first weekend, I just absolutely loved it. And especially, I've talked about it before, that sense of belonging. It was work hard, play hard. I really felt part of a team. And so I did three years of that through uni and then never thought to join the army. But I went travelling for a year and then it was my brother who just said to me, listen, Heather, you, you loved it. Why don't you join? And at the same time, I went for the uh, civil service fast stream programme and I worked at the Treasury for a year and I didn't enjoy it very much. The office work really didn't suit me. And so I decided to join the army and I left my job. I was living in London at the time, bought a car and phoned my mum up and she burst into tears. <laughs> but yeah, never look back really, it's fantastic. And what year was that? Oh goodness, you're gonna show my age now. <laughs> I think that was like 2004. So just when Afghanistan was kind of really kicking off, that must have been quite a decision for you then. Yeah, it was, it was a big decision and I actually joined the Royal Engineers. So in the year that I joined, I was the only girl which was difficult because having gone from at Sandhurst at that time, we were in a platoon of 30 girls. Um, so we were all together. And then when I joined the Royal Engineers, I was then the only girl, which was unusual actually, but I was really lucky. I just got on with everyone really, really well. No issues at all, completely welcoming. Yeah, I had a fabulous time. Would you say almost formative years? Yeah, I think I've loved Sandhurst absolutely loved it. I think probably never 
in my life has there been a time when you're surrounded by people whose job it is to make you the best you can be and for an entire year you're just being <laughs> trained to be the best you can be the best leader you can be so I, I had a great time I really enjoyed it and then you got married you had children tell us about that and how having children as a military spouse and a career woman enjoying the army you've given up your career obviously your husband was serving in Afghanistan tell us about what that was like for you yeah so I think when we were both were serving without kids it was fine it was we did back-to-back -back tours which were difficult we were posted all over the country which also was tough but it was manageable but when the kids came along it was just really difficult my husband was very very busy operationally and just not around a lot and I was trying to do a full-time job with two small kids I just really struggled and we just had that really difficult conversation and we made the decision for me to leave and yeah it was it was a pretty tough call but not one I regret but it's hard and it's a, it's a decision that so many people make. Yeah you're absolutely right and there will be people at this very moment making that decision now and obviously at the time it wasn't the decision that you you were forced to make a decision but what you have done and we'll talk about this in a minute is you've created something which sings to all of your strengths. What would you say to somebody now who's possibly going through that stage of they're both serving and they have to make that decision? Well, I suppose it's <laughs> a lot of people talk about this as it's a real roller coaster leaving. I can only really speak for myself, but it's not easy leaving. You leave the sort of feeling of the military family, but there is so much support out there. There really is. And um, there's loads of groups. If you're going to set up your own business, there's loads of support out there. There's resettlement courses. But I think the big thing is keeping in contact with people that are really going to support you and reaching out when you need it, because there'll be times when it's really tough. That would be my advice. And how important is it, do you think, that military spouses, military wives work? What does that mean to you? Well, I think my big thing is for military operational effectiveness, it's about the whole big picture, the military community. And the family aspect is a huge part of that. From a personal experience, my husband is only able to do what he does if we're happy at home. So when he's in Afghanistan, he would phone me and he might not be able to speak to me for a while. And I'd be like, we love you, me and the kids are absolutely fine. And if he was going off on the ground on a dangerous operation or whatever, he would need to hear that me and the kids are fine. So that when he goes out those gates, his mind is on the task if he's in charge of lots of people's lives he needs to be able to be focused on that and so the family setting is so important so it is making sure that whatever that is if that's the spouse working that they have that support that they have their own thing whether it's childcare support whatever it is that means that the family feels supported because ultimately that will make the military more effective and it's the right thing to do you know and so the stuff you're doing with recruit for spouses is absolutely incredible because like you're saying giving up your job is so difficult 
and it's so difficult being spouses moving around keeping a career going so with recruit for spouses giving people that support network and the confidence to go out and get work because when you have given up your job it can really affect your confidence so i think it's absolutely critical i really do so you were in the military for 10 years and as you just mentioned there, the family setting is so important. It really is. But did you notice as a single person, the people around you, the families around you, did you notice back then just how important that family setting was? I think when you're in the military, you're, I felt so full of kind of my own fast-paced, exciting life. I don't think I really put my head up and realised how hard it is being on the other side of the fence mm. because I didn't really live it. My soldiers were, and I knew everything about their lives. So I, I could see it through them. But for me being in it, because my husband was in it, we were just sort of full of the military. And it was only really when kids came along and I left that I really realised how tough it is being on the other side of the fence completely get it because it happened to me as well I was full-time in the radio world and then I became a military husband and I really needed something to get my teeth into I didn't want to just be sitting around doing nothing I had Holly of course but I still needed that something and this podcast to be fair is doing the world of good for me because it's something that I can really concentrate and get stuck into so I know exactly how you feel but for you you had the Forces Wives Challenge, which is amazing. But for those that don't know what that is, tell us all about it. So the Forces Wives Challenge, we're a social enterprise that unites women with partners in the armed forces through adventure and challenge. The military had given me so many incredible opportunities and having really met these incredible people that make massive sacrifices in support of the armed forces, I really wanted to give something back so decided to set up this organisation to give something back to this community. And the initial challenge was to take a team of women to climb the world's highest volcano, which is for anyone who's listening who's into mountaineering, is just under 7,000 metres in the Atacama Desert. So a massive challenge. It's so good. It really is. I always see you on social media as well, pushing different events, you know, getting everybody to support what you're doing. So tell us a bit about the events that you've done in the past. So um, that was our flagship expedition, if you like, to launch the concept. But we've had a team of, of ladies go and climb Kilimanjaro. But also closer to home, we've done Snowden, the National Three Peaks Challenge, Yorkshire Three Peaks Challenge, Penny Fan. And then through COVID, we've had to move into the virtual space. So we've been doing some exciting stuff there. You have indeed, yeah. And one of the ones that I saw massive press coverage of was the Pedal for Poppies. So tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, so Royal British Legion have been massive supporters of ours from the very beginning. They really helped us on the volcano expedition and we really wanted to do something to help them in this really difficult year. So Pedal for Poppies took place at the start of the poppy campaign and we got hundreds of people from across the world to cycle we aimed for 2020 miles in one day but we actually hit i think it was 12,000 miles so nearly half of the globe to raise money for the rbl so really great 
and you must have raised thousands of pounds since starting Forces Wives Challenge. Do you keep a tally of how much you've actually raised over the years? Yeah, so we don't want to put pressure on people to always donate to charity. We don't say you have to generate 250 quid or anything like that. We just say we'll do each event for our charity and donate what you can. I think we're over £30,000 now for over 25 charities. So, um, yeah, we're really, really proud of that. Okay, so the big question, the one that everybody wants me to ask you, the elephant in the room, you are... The Forces Wives Challenge, and I am a military husband, a male military spouse. So two questions in one, really. Question one, knowing that there are quite a few male military spouses out there, why did you call it the Forces Wives Challenge? And question number two, have you ever considered changing your name to be more inclusive to the men to get them involved as well? I thought about this a lot when I came up with the concept, many, many hours of talking about it and thinking about it and when I initially came up with the idea of the volcano I realized very quickly that we needed money to help fund it in the military when you do expeditions it's really easy to get funding but I then realized that I needed a concept a logo a website social media all this stuff that I'd never done before and it made me sit down and have a really long think about why I was setting this up and as you both know the amount of commitment both practically but also emotionally when you launch something like this and it's only gonna be a success if you're true to yourself and I've been a woman in a man's world both in the military mm. but also in the adventure space I'd often been the only woman and still in the adventure world, it's very rare to see big groups of women taking on massive challenges. So this was something I was passionate about. And when we took on the volcano, we had 12 women taking on this massive challenge. And I really felt very, very strongly about giving women opportunities to embark on adventures. So it was a really difficult decision but i decided that i wanted to keep it female focused and with the logo our logo is like a leaping lady so it was about also giving women the confidence to get into the adventure world but with the virtual challenges that's meant that we've been able to open up we've been able to have families involved male spouses involved everybody can take part so while there's no plans to change the name and I am passionate about keeping it female focused. What I would like to do is to have opportunities where there's events where more people can come and enjoy the FWC vibe, if you like. But do you think if you changed your name completely to be more inclusive, do you think that men would come forward and want to get more involved? I'm not sure. I mean, we are awesome. So why wouldn't they? <laughs> well, I think the best plan of action then would be for me to create this whole new thing with a new name called, get this, the Forces Husbands Challenge. And then we can, you know, I can grab all the men and then we can just tag along with you guys or just behind you and we can climb mountains and stuff. Sounds awesome. Sounds absolutely awesome. Take on the world. <laughs> Definitely. So Heather, tell us what you've got planned for the future because I know you're always busy planning something. So what's in the pipeline? Oh, so many ideas. <laughs> I've always got so many ideas of adventures. But what I'd love for FWC is that, first of all, I want to actually physically be together again soon. The virtual challenges have been brilliant and we'll keep them going because what's lovely, like I mentioned, is that we can have more people involved. But 
I would love with FWC that we have a spectrum of challenges. So I'd love to have the ambitious international events where we are doing firsts, big groups of women doing great challenges like that. But I'd love to branch out and do different types of challenges. So at the minute, it's quite focused on mountaineering and running. I'd love to do some other stuff so that we can broaden and attract different people into our organisation. What I'd like to ask you a bit more around is when you did that challenge of the volcano, I mean, military people are always incredibly modest anyway, but I think I've watched the video and it brought me to tears because it was so emotive to get a load of women together doing a challenge like that. Talk to me a little bit about how that feeling of when you're all together and what that means to you and sort of how it makes everybody else feel. When I set my heart on the volcano, I wanted it to be something that was ambitious, that people in the military would look at and say, wow, it would really resonate. It was really ambitious. And just under 7,000 metres, it's high risk, very high altitude. And we did a serious year-long training regime to get to the point where we were ready. And many of the girls didn't even own a pair of walking boots before they signed up and a lot of them to even stand up and introduce themselves the confidence to do that took a hell of a lot of trust and the training we did the fitness training we did the teamwork we did it was really intense I remember the guides we all landed 12 women landed at the airport and we did our first acclimatization hike and the guide was absolutely shocked by how fit we were he said, I just didn't expect you to be this prepared. Yeah, it was a real emotional roller coaster. At those kind of altitudes, there's nowhere to hide. It's really, really difficult. But the girls were absolutely incredible. And I get a bit emotional when I think about it. But they really did just so, so well under some very, very difficult situations. That's a tremendous thing you did there, Heather. It really is to bring 12 women, military spouses as well. So around the spouses that actually climbed that volcano, my husband serving at the time, were they away? Did they have children? What did they do? A real mix, actually. Some had children, some didn't. Some of their partners were actually away. So they really dedicated themselves to this expedition because one of the rules was that they had to make all of the training weekends. So some of the ladies' partners were away, so they had to get childcare, grandparents in while they were training. Many of them worked, some of them didn't work. Some had very small children. Our expedition doctor had a very small baby at the time that she'd left, which was really difficult. And we were away for, I think, nearly three weeks. So, yeah, some really difficult decisions. I think what was lovely and nearly everyone said was it's always their partner that goes away and has these incredible experiences. For me personally, coming home and mummy being the one that's unpacking her bag and telling the stories and being asked to go on a podcast and we were on BBC Breakfast and for my kids to just see it's not always daddy, mummy can do these things as well and I think I speak for everyone when when they could say that was one thing that really resonated with them their partner and their kids and their families it was great oh Heather you're so inspiring and I just love the fact that when you talk about when you're all together and 
the stories and when you all come together and understand that shared sort of understanding around being a military spouse, working, having a baby and there's a doctor, not only did you inspire those 12, but you've inspired hundreds more military spouses to get involved. And you mentioned earlier with Chris, the families events. We'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, so with the virtual events, we always encourage the families to get involved and the kids get involved, my kids get involved. And it's great because they just get to see that this is something, and we really felt this with Pedal for Poppies. The military normally put something on for the families, whatever that is. In this way, it was the families putting it on for the military. And what was so lovely was that we had lots of military units getting involved and families getting involved and supporting us. So they didn't try and take over. They were like, we are supporting the Forces Wives Challenge. And we were kind of united around the Royal British Legion. And it was just a really nice, really nice feeling. So that's something we'd like to keep going forward. When we climb Penny Fan every year, people often bring their kids with them. And that's lovely because Penny Fan is a really great mountain that resonates with the military community. So that's something we'd like to keep going as well. So, yeah, it's, families is definitely something we want to keep encouraging. Because that's one thing I really noticed about the pedal for poppies, and that was tremendous. It really was. You did a great job there. I mean, you were in the sun and you were in the papers. It was just brilliant to see. The amount of people who got in touch with us and said, this is great, how can my regiment support you? 7 Battalion Remy, there's one guy cycled through the night 24 hours, clocking up goodness knows how many miles, and they set up bikes in the gym, and they had cakes made by local bakers and they always were like this is a forces wives challenge initiative but we're getting on board we're supporting our families and they got their families involved and it was just wonderful because it makes the families feel that they're really valued it's something that they're delivering that they can get involved with instead of sort of stuff being delivered for them if that makes sense What sort of feedback did you get from that? Not only from the people taking part, but also from the people outside looking in. People were just really, really surprised because virtual events, we can't physically be together. When you come on one of our events, you'll feel camaraderie. But with the virtual events, obviously we're not together. But with social media, people share their photos, their videos, and we just constantly have Facebook Lives going on. So for 24 hours, you're absolutely submerged in the event and anyone can hop on and see what everyone's doing. And people were just surprised at the camaraderie they felt. So some people were doing it on their own. People do battlefield tours with groups of friends, obviously all being COVID compliant and all that. But I think people were just really surprised that how much they felt the camaraderie. And it was also wonderful to see people who haven't got any connection to the military get involved as well and support the military in a different way. It's great to hear that COVID hasn't put a dampener on anything. You know, you're an organisation that creates events for people to go out, keywords, go out, and do things when people can't go out and do things at the moment. So a lot of people probably would have just given up on that and thought, you know what, it's not happening. Let's just leave it for a bit. But you've carried on. You've done these virtual events. You're still planning future events as well. So, yeah, it's just really good to hear your enthusiasm. I get very enthusiastic about our challenges. Um, I normally launch them with a video 
I'm sure people are getting really bored of me now, but yeah, I get very excited about the challenges because it's often also the charities that we're doing it for. So the one in July we did was called 10 for Trees when we got people to exercise however they wanted in an environmentally friendly way, 10 miles and donate to the Woodland Trust because throughout lockdown, it was being the natural world that it got us through. And with us, the more adventures you go on, the more you appreciate the natural world and the more you realize you have to protect it. So I was just absolutely dedicated on supporting the Woodland Trust. Yeah, so that's what's so great about our virtual challenges are also the charities we do them for. And in terms of funding, you know, big events that you plan, I'm sure you need a lot of funding and a lot of support. Where do you kind of start with all of that? Where do you go for the support and where do you go for funding? So we've been really lucky to be supported by a number of corporations who love what we're doing and passionate about the power of adventure, really supportive of the military community. So we've had corporate sponsorship, but we've also been supported by charitable grants, which has been great. But we're always looking for more sponsorship. So yeah, are there any companies out there who love the sound of us, then we'd love you to get in touch. And obviously coming out of a pandemic and we're in the midst of it at the moment, the whole piece around mental health and well-being, we've talked a lot about it on the podcast now. Obviously getting out and about is, is a key thing, but how much do you think that is going to help people when they come together and how much do you think Forces Wives Challenge will really attribute to that? We're absolutely passionate about the power of activity, getting your body moving, but also the outdoors for mental health. I mean, I know when I'm struggling, I drag on my walking boots, I drag on my trainers, I go for a run or a walk with the dog and I feel better. As soon as I get back and I feel better, I feel I'm able to deal with whatever I was struggling with before. And exercising as well is just so important. I'm hoping that with Force of Wife Challenge, we'll actually give people the confidence to go out to places that they've not been before, maybe, and to go into, to even have the right kit, to know how to look after themselves when they're out battling the elements. Because part of what we do when we physically meet up is it's all to do with education and it's to do with making sure you've got the right kit. But also on some of our weekends, we do resilience training weekends. So why do we climb mountains? And like you were talking about with the mental health, it's just so important to get away, to disconnect from technology and to breathe in that clean mountain air. And you go back to your normal life, just feeling <laughs> like you can take on the world. You really do. It is so important. If there's a military spouse sitting at home at the moment and thinking, oh, I'm not quite there yet. I haven't got a pair of walking boots. What would you say to that military spouse now? I'd just say visit our website, see all the challenges that we've done in the past. Get in touch. You can fill in um, your details online. There's no commitment. Join our FWC Connect group, which is a closed Facebook group. And yeah, we have women who have got all different experiences. We've got professional ultramarathon runners. We've got Wendy who skied solo to the South Pole. But we also have women who are just taking on their first 5K and they're just doing our um, virtual challenges. But it's through these virtual challenges that you'll get the confidence to take on the bigger challenges in time. So please get in touch. You're really, really welcome. 
I noticed that you said spouse then rather than wife. So for a male spouse sat at home thinking exactly the same thing, what would you advise him? I'd say please get involved in our virtual challenges. Like we said previously, FWC is a female organisation, but with the virtual challenges, anyone can take part. So please get involved with those. And hopefully, Chris, you're going to set up a male version. So I'd say join that. <laughs> yeah. Race you to the top in a van. Let's do it. But honestly, brilliant. We're so inspired by your story, Heather, how you started it. Well done. And you're just doing so much to help military wives feel a little bit better about themselves, particularly during a really tough 2020 and what may seem like a long 2021. So it's really great to have ambassadors like you. We're very lucky to have you. Mm. Thank you. Thanks so much, Helen. Just really a thank you for me to you for all your support because you know more than anyone setting something like this up is an absolute roller coaster and to have the support you've given me so much support over these last few years so thank you so much and thanks for recruit for spouses for everything you do it's absolutely brilliant